Welcome aboard this month's PAX Week Views podcast. Looking after you today, a host of leading industry experts will offer their views on the trends and technologies improving the passenger journey. The team will also be on hand to offer insights into our destination, Passenger Experience Week in Hamburg, Germany. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the in-flight entertainment. Welcome to this month's Passenger Experience Week podcast. My name is Murdo Morrison, Head of Strategic Content at Flight Global and editor of the official Passenger Experience Week show daily. I'm joined today by two people who spend most of their working lives thinking about the passenger experience. Blake Emery and PJ Wilsinski are Boeing's interiors experts. Their job is to find out what passengers and airlines want from airliner cabins and helping their colleagues in Boeing to deliver to their expectations. So Blake and PJ, hello. Perhaps first of all, you could both briefly describe what your role is at Boeing. This is Blake and I'm our Director of Differentiation Strategy for Boeing Commercial Airplanes. Mostly what I'm trying to do is make sure that we are providing experiences that passengers prefer. A lot of my work is is really involved doing research with the flying public at all the phases of the development of an airplane, even before we begin to develop our next new interior, doing tests in our passenger experience research center to validate what we think are good ideas. And as you said very well, Murdo, working with Boeing engineers to get those ideas that do turn out to be good on the airplane. And then once the airplane is in revenue service, to do in-flight research to find out if, in fact, we, we brought the promises home. So, Blake, just, just before we get on to PJ, I mean, is, is your job more involved in talking to the, to the flying public or to Boeing's airline customers? I guess it's a bit of both, but give me an impression of how that yeah. split. That's a very good question, and although I do both, my job is, in fact, as you put it, mostly with the flying public, and PJ is a little bit more uh, with the airline customer. So PJ, that brings us on to, on to your role. Perhaps you could tell us what, uh, what you do. Sure. Hi, I'm an engineer. I'm a senior tech fellow in what we refer to as payloads, which is the organization responsible for designing and delivering everything inside the airplane after the flight deck. I've been doing this for 39 years and I've uh, designed a lot of elements from attendant seats to crew rests and now focus primarily on the cabin architecture. So I work with Blake taking uh, taking in hand his research with the flying public. I also confer with our airline customers and I fold that together and working with our industrial design partner Teague come up with architectural concepts that are then developed in product development. We engage with our customers then to get feedback, buy-in and then proceed with actual production engineering. So as an engineer, would you say that your role is a bit more practical perhaps? So it's, it's taking the, the, the vision and the, the expectations and the sort of wish list that the, the passengers and perhaps the airlines might have and turning that into practical reality with what's actually, what can actually be done from, a, from a, an engineering point of view. 
Absolutely. I take the expectations that come out of Blake's research. I take our requirements from our customer, and then I meld that with the constraints of building an airplane, basically, and developing an interior that can deliver both to the requirements for our customers and the expectations for the flying public. If you talk to anyone at Boeing who knows us, they would definitely say that PJ is more practical than me. And uh, another thing, another thing, just to just to set the record straight, even though both PJ and I have been in this business a really long time, neither one of us look like we have. Okay, okay. Now, now, Boeing's Boeing's cabin philosophy is by design for people, always connected to the sky. What does that actually mean? Sure, I'll, I'll say a few things and then let uh, PJ uh, chime in. But the whole idea behind airplanes for people, the, the A of that philosophy, is that our designs are centric to the people who are inside the cabin. Concept between by design is the idea that there is no concept that gets onto a Boeing airplane that just gets on because somebody thinks it's a neat idea. Some executive says, oh, let's do this, or oh, let's do that. It only gets on a Boeing airplane if we have vetted and validated that idea, and we have a number of ways to do that. The primary way that I'm in, involved in, and PJ can talk about his work with customers, but the primary way that we're both involved in is with our Passenger Experience Research Center, which is a research vehicle we have that allows us to do controlled empirical research and find out if in fact an idea, say the size of a window, if it in fact improves the passenger experience and specifically we can look and see if the, the difference in the improvement is in fact statistically significant. And the whole connected to sky piece is something that Boeing has been involved in from the very beginning even though in the uh, early 2000s, we did very specific research that confirmed its importance. But uh, we always strive in our airplanes to keep people connected to the sky. A, a really good example would be, uh, say, the electronically dimmable window in the 787, for example. We allow the passenger to make decisions about how much ambient light they want into the cabin and let them have a say as opposed to having just the on-off switch of a, uh, of a, of a screen over the window. PJ, what, what is your, your take on that? Yeah, I just wanted to explain first what we mean when, when we say cabin, because I think there's a lot of confusion. And when Blake and I talk about the cabin and when we work on it, we're really talking about that architectural shell that's always there. When you enter, when a passenger enters the cabin, it's the basically the lining package from the sidewalls, the windows, the stow bins, the ceiling and integrated lighting. That part that is there to support our customer in creating those branded experiences, but it's not the seats, it's not the decor, it's, it's those elements that are always there. What I've just described are the seen elements, so talk about the unseen elements of the cabin. And we really focus uh, a lot on, on those elements that, although they're unseen, they play a significant role in how people perceive the flight and how they feel after the flight. 
such things as lowering the cabin altitude, increasing the humidification in the cabin, uh, purification of the air, all those things that uh, you may not notice when you walk in. We hope people notice the architecture first off, but perhaps the most uh, far-reaching experience is, is as a result of the unseen elements in the cabin. Right, okay. and. Uh you're obviously talking to airlines and to the, the, the passengers themselves, and their interests don't always align. I mean, a passenger will always say that they want a, they want more legroom, they want uh, more space. An airline, by its very nature, wants to maximize the revenue out of each flight. It wants to give its passengers a, a great experience. Of course it does, but an airline isn't always going to be perhaps as interested in, in delivering as much legroom as possible. It would, how, do you, how do you sort of reconcile the conflicting interests perhaps of, of passengers and airlines? One of our guiding principles is we recognizing that we're building inside an airplane. We always are striving to be as space efficient as possible and that's where, that's where we meet our airline requirements of so that they can do whatever they feel necessary for revenue generation. But in addition to being space efficient, we're always striving for a sense of spaciousness in the cabin. And that's really important. We believe, in, and through the research that we've done in PERC, as, as Blake has mentioned, we believe we've, we understand the relationship with how people perceive spaciousness. And the research that we've done both on the ground and in the air has confirmed that, that passengers can experience uh, a greater sense of spaciousness while still not giving up the space efficiency that the airlines require to, to uh, do their business. Murdo, that's a, it's a really good point about reconciling the passenger needs and the airline's needs. And that's precisely the reason we do the kind of research we do. Because if you just go out and do a focus group or ask do a survey and ask passengers what they want in economy class, everyone always says the same thing. They, they, they want more room. And, you know, that's really, that as an economic choice that has been kind of worked out a long time ago, really as a passenger, you, you can in fact have all the space that you need. And you will have to pay for it because there is a value in that space. And so recognizing that, we undertook research that recognizes what CJ said, that there is this sense of spaciousness aspect, which is, which is really the psychological aspect of space as opposed to the physical inches part of space. And we radically pay attention to both of those equally because they are both very important. If you think about being seated on, a, on, on an airplane, if you're if you're in the middle seat and but you're between two loved ones from your family, you really don't care that much, right? But if you're in between two strangers, even though the inches didn't change, it's psychologically a very different experience. Very much, very much. And, and when, when you're dealing with airlines, you know, how do you again a, a sort of reconciliation question? How much is an, an airline cabin? something that Boeing wants to decide and how much is it up to the airline because airlines will always want their own brand experience for their passengers they want to perhaps choose as many independent suppliers as possible their own suppliers of everything from seating to to overhead bins and so on when someone is on a Boeing aircraft do you want them to feel that they're on a Boeing interior and a Boeing aircraft or 
do you want the airline to have that ability to uh, create a sort of bespoke customer experience for their passenger? Clearly, our customers want want the latter. They want to create that experience that that defines their brand. I've had many airlines tell me point blank, we don't want our passengers to know they're on a Boeing airplane. Blake and I are striving always that those small details that are always there uh, delight the passenger and uh, for a discerning passenger, they'll know that they're on a Boeing airplane. But let's, let's break it down a little bit. The bins are basically one of our biggest chore when we design a cabin architecture. Our customers are telling us we need more capacity uh, to support their passengers, and clearly the passengers want that also, but they also want them easy to close. They want them out of the way. And so that informs uh, how we approach the design. And over a series of years, our most recent example, uh, the 777X that will be launching in a couple of years, we have those meetings face-to-face with our customer, uh, showing options, getting feedback, going back, showing them response to their feedback, and then zeroing in on how can we fine-tune those details uh, so that they have that firm basis of what I referred to as the basic cabin architecture that allows them then to come in with their suppliers with seating, furnishings, uh, coloration, that type of thing, and, and create that branded experience. But underneath all of that are still those basic features, the windows that Blake described, the stove bins, the ceiling architecture uh, with starry skies or without. Great. Okay. Now, this year, uh, this year sees the 20th anniversary of the Aircraft Interiors Expo in, in Hamburg. How many years have you, have you both been going to the show, and uh, what are your memories or highlights from previous shows? The first one I went to was uh, in France, in Cannes, uh, 2001, I believe, uh, before it actually went to Hamburg. I've seen changes. Uh, the positive is a far larger event than it was in the beginning. Still a lot of great focus on sharing of information and what suppliers are doing. Over the years, though, I've noticed that, that it has more of the, the back rooms and the hidden designs that I think from a personal standpoint detract a bit from that. I it was not at that that one in France. It was two years after they got started that I that I went to one. One of the one of the funny personal things I uh, I remember about my very first one is that the Boeing executive played a trick on me and said that, you know, this isn't a very fancy affair. You don't have to dress up, you don't have to wear a tie, you can wear Levi's and everything. So I packed accordingly, and then I get to the show, and everyone dressed in their business best. So I had to go out and buy a bunch of stuff to participate in that first show and not look like a weirdo. Another time I remember several shows in was kind of funny. You know how the media travels around to uh, the different exhibits and does all these interviews? Well, one, one time we had a, a Boeing exhibit that was really nice, uh, and there was a Boeing person uh, presenting. and. Everyone left the Boeing exhibit to go hear the Boeing presenter, and I'm the only one left there, and here comes the whole media group. So I was left to, to handle all that on, on my own, which was an interesting experience for me. In the early days, I attended about every other year, but lately I have gone uh, pretty much every year because 
there's some reason that comes up that I, I need to be there. A lot of it has been more and more involvement in the uh, past year experience conference before the expo, which is a, a, a really great experience. And uh, and I'll definitely be uh, be excited to go this year because we uh, we have plans of uh, unveiling some Triple uh, Seven X mockups that uh, PJ and I are both really excited about. Well, I look forward to seeing these very much. I mean, talking more generally about aircraft interior trends, what are some of the most interesting things that you've you've seen uh, over the over the past twenty years? I mean, an obvious one, obviously, is the is the whole IFEC uh, experience, which has completely transformed the the way that we, that most of us fly now. Uh, but I guess there have also been incredible. Perhaps not so obvious changes, but everything from seating design to uh, ambient lighting to uh, even even lavatory designs. What are some of the most interesting trends that you've uh, you've seen over that time? I'd, I'd start with uh, the introduction of LED lighting. Uh, it's basically 20 years ago, for the most part, it was fluorescent tubes with perhaps some gel coatings to create what everybody referred to as mood lighting. With the introduction of LED lighting and our approach of highly integrating the lighting with the architecture, I think airlines have are and are actually still developing a, an awareness of how important that is in creating a, a cabin environment. Also, 20 years ago, I think we were all uh, sitting around claiming that first class was dead and on its last legs, and I think that is absolutely not true anymore. Uh, and uh, back then, business class was just a little bit ahead of where premium economy is now for the most part. There were a few outliers, of course, but first class certainly has not gone away, and the introduction of premium economy uh, is roughly at the same pitch of some of the business class configurations that we were delivering 20 years ago. So I think those are, uh, those are the primary changes that I've seen. With regards to lavatories, I think we've approached, uh, Boeing is, is very proud of our approach in uh, increasing accessibility to the sky with uh, handicap provisions. We offer a full range of uh, lavatories that can address uh, persons with limited mobility. Uh, and it, that's really something that's uh, expanded tremendously over the last 20 years. Yeah, it's kind of interesting reflecting on what PJ said about first class and premium economy. 20 years ago, we were predicting, you know, fewer classes and it actually went the other way. So that shows you sometimes how good our predictive powers are. I think, I think one of the, uh, one of the big changes, uh, has to do, of course, with the seating design you know, really, really both in economy and in uh, premium cabins. In the economy, having, uh, having you know, thinner seats, add seats without really uh, having any impact on uh, the passenger living space. An interesting thing about that is, you know, years ago, Boeing was involved in uh, doing some research on seats. And uh, the group we were doing the research with you know, we, we gave them some old aircraft seats and they, they, they made an interesting discovery. And that is when they took the padding off the seats and just sat in the webbing, that the experience was actually more comfortable. So that led to a bit of a revelation that the padding doesn't always increase comfort. 
but it does always take away living space. And somehow that research uh, found its way into the hands of the seed manufacturers and they took advantage of it. So I think, I think as far as something we're going to see more and more of and have, have started to see in the last, say, seven or eight years is airlines being more aware of their brand and being more aware of differentiation and wanting to differentiate from the competition and not just be a commodity. And I think we're only going to see more and more of that. Another thing that's, uh, that's interesting, and this isn't uh, really an area where PJ and I get too much involved, but you know, the whole, um, this whole advent of people these days, you know, we are so connected we are so addicted to our devices. We are so wanting to always, you know, be in a position where we can, you know, send a text or an Instagram or something. That that desire on the part of people and the whole consumer electronics trends have really put pressure on the airline industry to, uh, you know, make sure there is good connectivity in flight. And uh, that's something that it seems to me like, as long as I can remember the debate about, you know, personal devices versus the screens and the equipment on the airplane seems to be uh, a raging debate for some time now. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask about how you, how you think passenger expectations have evolved in that time. I mean, I remember being on, on planes in the, in the mid-90s and being quite excited when the IFE screen was the size of a cigarette packet on the, on the back of the seat and there were maybe four or six movies available. That was tomorrow's stuff in the, in the 90s. What, what have been the big changes in passenger expectations over these 20 years? I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned IFE there. Are there more subtle ways as well where, where passengers now expect something differently from what their counterparts would have in the 90s? One of the ways that we handle that ourselves is by getting into doing research methods that get us into the unarticulated needs because a lot of times if you you know just do consumer research and and get the articulated passenger needs a lot of times these can just be you know fads or something that uh, that changes rapidly so we really try to get into some of the uh, some of the deeper needs which, which may or may not be satisfied with some new digital technology or something. But for sure, like I say, I, I think consumer electronics and what, you know, what, here's the deal. What people get used to doing to on, doing on the ground, uh, not everyone, but a lot of passengers really don't like not being able to continue doing exactly those same things in the same way when they're in an airplane. Yeah, I was going to just comment a little bit on that, that I think the the biggest expectation, which is a little unfortunate for me, I think is that people want to be connected all the time now. It used to be that you were going on a journey and when the door closed, you were you were removed for some, some hours, giving you a chance to watch movies, read whatever you wanted to do, and, and actually experience the pleasures of, of flight as part of the journey. And now, as Blake was saying, it's basically just a continuation of uh, picking up the kids and, and the groceries. Uh, they're doing the same sorts of things on an airplane. I, I've commented before that in the old days, even perhaps a little earlier than the 90s, 
everybody had a meal at the same time and everybody watched the same movie. Uh, that's when I came into the Boeing company back in the 80s. But it was a, it was a shared journey. Uh, and now it's become uh, very, very uh, differentiated and very individualistic. My, my last question to you both is, we talked there about the last 20 years. If you were to look forward 20 years without giving too much away, I guess, about what Boeing's plans are, although you're very welcome to divulge these if you like, uh, but where do you think the next big trend is? Where, where's, the, where's the industry heading? What are some of the big things that we're going to see over the next 20 years? I mean, there's, there's a lot of answers. And one of, the, one of the main things for me, I think what we're going to see is it's kind of a continuation of what we were just talking about. Like PJ said, it's, it's not a shared journey. It's a very much an individual journey. So there will be technology and means for passengers to more and more easily choose the flying adventure that they want and will be, be able to, um, let's say, uh, conduct meetings uh, in the air, whether it's with other people on the airplane or people on the ground. That's probably something that's going to become an easier thing to do. And I. Uh, just to build on that, I think it's for both, uh, because in all of our discussion today, we've talked about our customers and the flying public, and I think it's the same for both. There's going to be more differentiation uh, that the interior of the cabin is going to have to respond to. Differentiation, as Blake was just mentioning, for passengers and how they want to use their time, and differentiation for our customers in that they're going to be as they are now, going looking for every option for increasing opportunities for revenue, uh, increasing their market share, and so that they're going to be demanding as they are now with cabin flexibility that's going to allow them to cater to individual markets, sub-markets. We see that in the differentiation from what 20 years ago was basically first perhaps business and economy to now ultra-first business premium economy, economy and basic economy, I think that's just going to continue. Excellent. Okay. Well, we've just about run out of time. Thank you both for joining us on the Passenger Experience Week podcast and uh, stay tuned for the next edition. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Murdoch. Thanks for listening to this month's Passenger Experience Week podcast, PAX Week Views. I'm Polly McGraw, Event Director for Aircraft Interiors Expo, one of the four leading events taking place at Passenger Experience Week 2019, where we bring together the entire supply chain to define the future of the global passenger experience industry, from aircraft interiors, in-flight entertainment and connectivity, software technology, travel retail and onboard catering, amenities and passenger comfort products. This year, we're excited to celebrate the 20th anniversary of AIX, welcoming back many familiar faces who join us to mark this exceptional journey and reflect on two decades of innovation. We'll also see the industry's leading visionaries from Heathrow Airport, Virgin Atlantic, Deal Aviation and Guest Logics come together to discuss the next steps in the evolution of the passenger experience in the renowned Passenger Experience Conference. Offering insights into the full spectrum of the industry, co-located events including the World Travel Catering and Onboard Services Expo and Passenger Technology Solutions complete the lineup to this exciting week dedicated to the passenger experience industry. 
We hope you'll join us in Hamburg this April for what will be another year of cutting-edge product launches, engaging discussions and opportunities to network with your peers and do business. Please visit the Passenger Experience Week website today to register and find out more. And we look forward to seeing you in Hamburg.